Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Hog Talk, the official Ice Hogs podcast. I'm team broadcaster Mike Fulta, your host for the show. We had a great running the last couple episodes here on Hog Talk. Got great feedback so far. If you'd like to leave a review or leave a comment, feel free to uh, on YouTube or if you're listening on podcasts as well. But we appreciate everybody tuning in for the first couple episodes. We had GM Mark Bernard on episode one and then forward Zach Jordan uh, on episode two as well. Today, we have on young defenseman, former first round pick Nolan Allen that interview coming up a little bit uh, later on with the young D-man and we've also got a bold prediction a what if we'll take a look at the AHL around the NHL as well so a loaded show for you here on episode three but first let's get to last weekend where the Ice Hogs started their 25th season of hockey they did so on the road against the San Jose Barracuda and split a pair of games. And I had a a fun little line that I was going to use for Saturday's broadcast open. I try not to script these things out too much, but I I had one written out for Saturday. Of course, it got interrupted by the game presentation and uh, the national anthem before Saturday afternoon's game out in San Jose. So I felt obliged to to share it with you here on this show. But I was going to quote the uh, country music star Toby Keith and, and bring you a little... Go West, young man, haven't you been told California's full of hockey, sunshine, and goals? And noted Icehogs fan Toby Keith, I believe, wrote that line about Friday's game in San Jose, in which the Icehogs, speaking of goals, put up seven against the Barracuda. But if Friday's game was a Toby Keith song, then Saturday's game made the weekend feel more like a Charles Dickens novel, uh, where it was a tale of two games. The Ice Hogs lost 7-2, to two, a total reversal of Friday's result. Uh, also could have used a Lewis Stevenson, Jekyll and Hyde reference there, but decided to go with Charles Dickens. But pop culture references aside, we had two totally different scripts on Friday and Saturday in the opening weekend for the Rockford Ice Hogs. Hogs with a big win, scoring seven goals, the most they've scored ever in a season opener in their AHL era. They scored eight one time uh, in the UHL days, but uh, in recent memory, that's been the biggest offensive output that we've seen Rockford uh, put on display to start a season. We had a huge game from really the top two lines. And some of the returning guys, David Gust, Brett Sini, Mike Hardman had himself a multi-point game. Michael Tepley had himself a goal in that contest. And also Anders Bjork, who was with the organization last year, but, but did not play with the Ice Hogs. Joey Anderson, oh, how could you forget? Three apples for him. But those two top lines really carried the mail for the Ice Hogs on Friday. And then we saw the rookies start to contribute a little bit later on. We saw a couple of outstanding plays from the rookie Jalen Lipen in his pro debut on Friday. Uh, one of them leading to an uh, to a goal for Ryder Rolson, his first pro goal, and another one leading to the first goal of the season for newcomer Bryce Kindop, who had been with the San Diego goals last year. So it was fun to see the young guys on display as well. And then maybe we buried the lead a little bit, but goaltender Drew Camesso made his first ever professional start, and he stopped 34 of 36 in his first win. And not only did he get the win and make 34 saves, he also contributed on the offensive side. He assisted on David Gus' second goal. It went Camesso to Cini to Gust all the way down the ice, and uh, Camesso became just the second ever AHL or UHL Ice Hogs goaltender to record assist uh, in his debut. That was uh, Lars Johansson, the other one uh, who did so all the way back in, in 2016. But it was really fun. You saw everything that you hoped to see on Friday. You saw the returners contributing in a way that we know that they can. Uh, we also saw the, the young players step up and make impacts in the game as well. 
And then Saturday hit, and while the Ice Hogs did have a lead early in the second period of that game, the wheels started to fall off on Saturday a little bit, and Saturday became maybe a, a manifestation of some of the fears uh, that uh, that we've heard voiced around, uh, but you know, by fans outside the organization um, of the Ice Hogs these last couple weeks, where it's going to be a young team. There are some uncertainties. Uh, Rockford looked pretty sloppy, and San Jose, even though it's just the second game of the season, they look like a desperate team in uh, in game two on Saturday. Also, keep this in mind too. Rockford and San Jose both were playing just 16 hours after the conclusion of Friday night's game. So it was two games back-to-back in a very short span, and San Jose, after giving up the lead to Rockford uh, in the second period, they just were the better team, and the Ice Hogs were stuck in quicksand a little bit. Shots in that game, by the way, 49-28. to The Ice Hogs were outshot by, by 21 attempts in that game. Jackson Stauber was busy. He made 42 saves on 49 shots in his debut. And there are some people maybe saying the sky is falling, some comments on social media about Stauber and and what have you. He lost his last five starts last year despite having a really good stint in the NHL. But if you watch that game, I think you would know that those seven goals were not all on Jackson Stauber. And I think if you asked him, he would certainly say that he would like to play better in that game. But uh, that was a team loss. And as it usually goes with seven goals, those are not all on uh, any one person. We'll see Stauber plenty uh, throughout this year. So that was this past weekend. Uh, it was a lot of fun watching some of these young guys contribute. We had six Ice Hogs make their debut, their AHL regular season debut on Friday night. Of course, Jalen Lipen played a handful of playoff games last year, but as far as regular season goes, it was Lipen's first on Friday. Antti Sorella had played professionally over in Finland. It was his AHL debut on Friday as well, along with Alan Del Mastro Camesso and Lipen. So uh, fun to watch all those guys, and uh, we'll see plenty more of them as we uh, as we move along. And Ryder Rolson, if I didn't mention, uh, didn't mention him in that group, but uh, Awesome to see the two young defensemen, Ethan Del Mastro and Nolan Allen. Those two guys played really well on uh, on Friday. Uh, Del Mastro running the top power play unit as well for the Ice Hogs. Wasn't necessarily expecting to see that. You think of guys who could run that top uh, power play unit at the blue line. Del Mastro uh, showed he was able to. And uh, guys like Isaac Phillips, Philip Roos have been in that spot as well. Power play was looking good for the Ice Hogs. Rockford was very strong on special teams this past weekend. They put up four power play goals, three of them in that first game on Friday, and then one more on Saturday. The PK was almost perfect. San Jose scored one fairly meaningless five-on-three goal at the end of Friday's win for Rockford. Uh, and so if you take that out, the Ice Hogs were, uh, were flawless on the PK as well. So special teams off to a pretty good start. That'll uh, make Coach Nightingale and Coach Klinkhammer, uh, and of course Coach Sorensen as well, plenty happy. But uh, that was this weekend. We also had an injury to Cale Howarth. He took a scary hit from one of the San Jose forwards. Howarth was down on the ice for a significant amount of time and finally uh, was helped back to the dressing room. But don't expect him back uh, this weekend. Not sure what his timetable for return is, but uh, he's a guy who's had some concussions in the past. He had one last year in Indy, uh, and, he, and he had one to start the year in, in the first night. And, and I had a conversation with him, and, and it was a, a private chat, but I don't think he'd mind me sharing the gist of it. This was before Friday's game. He, he was talking about how he was really in a good spot this year, and he was going to be happy, and he, he wasn't going to stress about you know trying to make sure he's in the lineup every night or, or or if he gets sent down to Indy or what have you, he was just going to enjoy playing hockey. And um, 
an awesome guy in the room, really one of the funniest ice hogs, uh, and, and he took a, a pretty scary hit. So we're, we're keeping him in our, our thoughts and prayers for sure, Kale Howarth. Uh, but moving on from this past weekend where the ice hogs went uh, one and one, we do have bold predictions and we have a, a what if as well. Let's get to our bold prediction first. And uh, last week it was a little bit contentious. Doug and Byron thought he'd st- uh, shake things up a little bit to start out on our first bold prediction of the year last week. He was saying the Ice Hogs would have double digit wins against the Chicago Wolves this year. Well, our bold prediction here in episode three is not quite so contentious, uh, but it comes from Manny in Winnebago who says, after watching the first couple of games, Manny says Drew Camesso will emerge as the number one goaltender in Rockford, and he will be an all-star by February. So a couple points to that, Manny. Uh, first is Camesso emerging as the number one. Um, that's not that far off. I mean, there's two goaltenders on the roster right now. One of them's got to be the number one. I do think we'll see a lot of, of Jackson Stauber and plen- probably some of Mitchell Weeks as well uh, at some point this season. But, uh, but odds are we're going to see a healthy dose of both here to start the year with Camesso just uh, starting his professional career and Stauber coming back for, for year number two. One thing, too, though, that we saw last year from this Ice Hogs group is once, uh, once the Hogs find a goalie that um, is winning games and has emerged as that, that dominant force, head coach Andrew Sorensen will ride him. Uh, that's what we saw with Arvid Soderblom last year. Once Arvid got back from injury in January, he played 28 of 35 games to finish the season. So we played four out of every five. Uh, and if you take that and if you extrapolate it out throughout the entire season – if he were to play four of every five, that'd be a 58-start season for Arvid. Now, obviously, he didn't have 58 starts, but that's the math on that. Now, obviously, start of the year, you're going to rotate more guys in towards the end of the year when the Ice Hogs needed uh, some wins to pick up points to get into the playoffs. Then you saw Arvid going back to back to back. He played the last three games uh, of the regular season in three straight nights. He started the last seven games of the regular season as well, but we have seen Anders Sorensen roll out the same guy quite a bit when he figures that there's a true number one. Uh, will that happen this year? That, that remains to be seen. Uh, but it feels like there's two pretty good options right now uh, in net in Rockford. Uh, then the second part, Manny, of that, uh, of that bold prediction is Drew Camesso being an all-star by the end of the year. Now, that'd be quite a feat in professional year number one. Camesso's looked good so far. Uh, let, let, let's not jump ahead of ourselves, but... Let's go through the All-Stars from last season in the AHL. There's four of them representing uh, the, the four quadrants, if you will. And uh, the first, Joel Hofer from out east, now with the St. Louis Blues, by the way. Hofer's stats last year, and this is kind of to give us a reference point of, of maybe what Camesso would have to get to stats-wise. Hofer had a 250 goals against, 921 save percentage. Okay. Moving down the list to uh, Joseph Wall out in Toronto. Had an outstanding season with the Marlies last year. He's with the big club uh, right now, the Maple Leafs. Wall last year, a 237 goals against, a 927 save percentage. So uh, better numbers than Hofer, but both very excellent. Uh, out of the Central Division, Yaroslav Askarov was the goaltending representative uh, with Milwaukee last year. Uh, He had uh, 20 saves and 21 shots in his season debut against the Chicago Wolves a couple nights ago, so he's already off to a good start this year. But last season, Askarov had the worst numbers of any all-star goalie, at least in in terms of goals against and save percentage. Askarov had a 2.69 goals against and a 9.11 save percentage. All right, so the last one is Dustin Wolf out of Calgary in the Pacific, 
who has also made his season debut, off to a good start with the Wranglers again, stopped 28 of 30 in his season debut. But Wolf last year had uh, the best numbers out of anybody. He had a 209 goals against and a save percentage above 930. So those are the stats of the four all-star goaltenders that we saw last year in the AHL. So if you kind of look at those and, and you maybe pick a, pick a ballpark, if you will, Camesso would have to get to around a 2.625 goals against average and, and probably a, around a 9.15 to 9.10 at least save percentage. Now, he's got better numbers than that through one game, but again, that's just one game. What stands out to me, though, isn't the stats of those four. It's the teams that those four were on as well. Three of those four teams made it to the division finals last year. The only one to not make it was Springfield, but Toronto, Milwaukee, and Calgary all made the Elite Eight, so to speak, in the AHL Calder Cup playoffs, and every single one of those teams made the postseason. So, those guys who are all-stars in the goaltending department, they were on pretty good teams as well. Now, it's not taking anything away from them, but it's going to be hard to have those elite numbers if you're not playing behind a, a strong enough defense and if your team's not giving you the run support and you're not playing in these close games. And so that's what you had with pretty much all four of these guys last year. I think, Manny, your bold prediction on whether Camesso would be an all-star or not is not just an indictment on the young goaltender. I think you're also saying that Rockford is going to be a playoff team in a lot of competitive games in some probably some low-scoring games as well. And this very young defense core is going to make life maybe a little bit easier on Drew Camesso. Now, obviously, the coaching staff, the scouts and all that, all those things, they, they can see with their eyes how good a goaltender is playing. But for all the media and everybody that's voting on, on the All-Stars and people just looking at numbers, those extra couple ticks of a percentage matter quite a bit. And that could be the difference between a defenseman accidentally tipping in a goal or uh, maybe a, a bad bounce going your way, where it's not necessarily the goaltender's fault, but it counts against his stats. And so you have to keep that in the back of your mind, too, when you're looking at who's going to be an all-star, because it's not always the all-stars that are making the jump uh, up to that next level. Uh, and something to note, too, just about all those goaltenders, all four of them who were AHL All-Stars last year, have had some kind of NHL experience as well. And all of them had played previously in the AHL, with the exception of Askarov in Milwaukee. Uh, it was his rookie year in the AHL last season. But again, he had played with uh, he had played in Russia in the KHL a little bit, so he had already had some pro experience. Whereas Camesso, man, he's brand new, just out of BU and uh, fresh off of taking the Terriers to a Frozen Four appearance. But Manny, we thank you for, uh, for writing in your bold predictions. And as always, for any bold predictions and what if, send them to me. Uh, any questions that you want addressed on the show, send them in and, uh, and we'll talk about them on the next episode. But uh, our what if, our what if uh, for episode three comes from Monique in Rockford. Uh, Monique says that, uh, what if Arvid Soderblom gets sent down to Rockford? Now, Monique, that feels like a negative what if, and, and, and we don't want to bring up and dwell on negative what ifs in Rockford uh, with the Ice Hawks. But, um, but Monique, Monique posed the question, and I think it, it, it bears response. And, and I'll say this, it's probably not going to happen early on. Arvid is uh, penciled in as the number two with the Blackhawks right now. He's already made a start and looked pretty good. He stopped 30 of 32 against Boston. Some guy named David Pasternak scored on him. <laughs> and, uh, but he looked good in his one NHL start so far. And I should notice, or I should mention too, that we're recording this on Monday before the Blackhawks play the Marlies. Not sure who's going to start in that game. But 
right now, Soderblom is the number two with the Blackhawks. And so we think that he's going to be up there, and, and the Blackhawks' plan is for him to stay in that number two spot, continue to nurture and grow under uh, Peter Morazic up top. So we're not expecting him down. We're hoping he doesn't come down anytime soon. But my question is, if Arvid Soderblom comes down to Rockford, what does that mean for the other goaltenders with the Icehawks? Does that mean that a Camesso or a Stauber was pulled up to the, to the NHL, that one of those other guys has made that leap? That's immediately what comes in uh, into my head. And, and we've already seen Stauber do that last year, uh, and he played very well in the NHL last year. With the way that the Blackhawks have been developing these last couple seasons, feels like they really want to take their time with these guys. So we're expecting Camesso to maybe um, you know mature a little bit here in Rockford and, and grow his game into the professional level before he makes the jump to the National Hockey League. Uh, but you never know. Uh, but Monique, thanks for uh, thanks for writing in. We we hope that Arvid stays up with the Blackhawks. All right, those are our uh, bold predictions and what ifs for episode three. Let's take a look ahead. At the schedule, the Chicago Wolves come into town Friday opening night. We hope to see all of you there. If you can't be there, please tune in on AHL TV, 19.2 Circle TV, and and Mixler as well. Um, But the Wolves come into town. I-90 rivalry renews for the home opener uh, of the 25th season of Ice Hogs Hockey. Block party, of course, out at Elm and Main Street prior to the event. So make sure you get there early. Get your free T-shirts. Hogs are going to be doing a red carpet walk, so you'll be able to see your, your favorite players as they enter in their suits, all gussied up. But the first of 12 meetings against the Wolves coming up here on Friday. Last year, Chicago had the better of Rockford, even though the Wolves were not a playoff team. Rockford only went 5-6-1 and one against Chicago and had some bad losses at Allstate Arena uh, last year. Some notes on, uh, on the Wolves. They've played one game so far, and they lost 2-1 to one to uh, the Milwaukee Admirals. Pretty good goaltending performance from Adam Scheel, uh, who was with Texas the last handful of years, got roughed up with the Stars in just a handful of minutes played last year, but prior to that had played a decent amount of AHL action. But uh, it's been Scheel for the time being. This is a veteran Wolves team. They've got five guys that played this past weekend over the age of 30, for reference, Rockford has nobody over the age of 30 on the roster. David Gust at 29 is the elder statesman, if you will. But this Wolves group, they lost 2-1 to Milwaukee. They were really outplayed. Got outshot 37-21. to, to 21. Rocco Grimaldi playing with the Chicago Wolves. We know that he can produce at a high level in the AHL. But looking up and down this Wolves roster, we said it a couple episodes ago, but it bears repeating. This is not a group of guys who have just been called up to the ECHL or signed out of oblivion. There are some guys who have been proven at the AHL level, guys who have spent a lot of time at the NHL level uh, or been playing overseas as well. Um, A lot of older players, like we said, five over the age of 30. According to Elite Prospects, they're the second oldest roster in the AHL, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It just means you have guys that are good enough to have played long enough. Uh, their average age is right around 27 years, according to that, that list on elite prospects, uh, second only to, to Cleveland. So GM Wendell Young has, has done his best to uh, really resorb a lot of guys coming over p- from playing in Europe or guys who just haven't landed on uh, NHL contracts this past offseason. And it's going to be a tough test all season long for the Ice Hogs to compete with a, a veteran group considering how young uh, that Rockford is. Uh, but moving down the uh, Central Division and getting into some more AHL news, 
We saw some struggles in the Central this past weekend, and it's early, uh, but again, some things didn't go as we expected. The Iowa Wild got smoked in a couple games by the Henderson Silver Knights. They lost 4-2 to two and then 7-3 to three on Friday and Saturday to Henderson. The Knights, a team that missed the playoffs last year, um, only three goals by forwards in uh, this last weekend's worth of games for Iowa. And this was an Iowa group that we were saying in preseason forward was, was going to be the strength of this team. They brought in uh, some veterans, brought in some proven producers, got some guys back from injury, but they struggled uh, over the first couple games in Iowa, kind of like in Rockford. Very young defensive core. They do get Dakota Mermis, their captain, back, but uh, no Joe Hicketts back there. He was uh, quite the wheeler and dealer on the blue line offensively. So they're, they're, um, they're missing some, some seasoned hands on that blue line for Iowa. Zane McIntyre got rattled around a little bit on Saturday. He's their number two behind Jesper Volstead. McIntyre gave up six goals on just 15 shots. Rough outing, at least statistic-wise for him. Hand up. Didn't watch that game, so didn't see every goal. But just looking at the score sheet, it wasn't pretty. Uh, also struggling was Texas. Uh, they lost a pair of games to Tucson, the Roadrunners. Texas uh, lost 3-2 to two and 2-1, two to one, so they've been struggling in the Goal-scoring department is them. Both Iowa and Texas at home this past weekend to open up the year. Texas was hanging up their Central Division Championship banner from a year ago, and uh, they got beat in their own building by a Pacific Division foe. The Central playing the Pacific all over the place here uh, this weekend. Grand Rapids played a Pacific Division team in Colorado, and GR won both games against the Eagles. Grand Rapids won 3-2 and 5-2. The GR goaltenders, Michael Hutchinson and Sebastian Cosa, 81 for 85 saves to shots. That's a combined 953 save percentage. Is that going to come down to earth? Probably. But uh, you'll take two wins right off the bat for uh, our friends over in the Mitten State. So we'll take uh, a look at our Central Division standings on the screen here. You can see that it doesn't really mean much early on. The great thing about the first few weeks of the season is that the whole season is like a lump of Play-Doh. You can mold the first parts of the season right when you first pull that Play-Doh out of the yellow tube. You can form it into whatever you want, whatever shapes. You can give it to your, your buddy, and, and they can make something out of You can mix colors. That's when I would always get in trouble, when the, the two different colored Play-Dohs would mix and they'd get ruined. But later in the year, that Play-Doh hardens, and you are what you are. But early on, everything is malleable right now, and... Uh, there's really no conclusions to be drawn after just a couple of games. Ice Hogs are 1-1, one one, really a successful road trip. You take two points on the road out west, and you come home, and you gear up after several days off, and you get to enjoy what we hope will be a sold-out crowd on Saturday. We think it might be. If a few more of you guys bring your buddies to the BMO Center on Saturday, we think this place is going to be packed to the gills. We know it's going to be packed and loud. We just don't know if every seat will be occupied so uh, we, we're thinking it just might because we have that block party again before when which we're going to be um, enjoying the food and festivities big timber is going to be out there with some axe throwing uh, so stop by downtown rockford and, and make an evening out of it but uh, that's kind of a look at the uh, the ahl especially in the central division on the nhl side again we're recording this right before the Blackhawks take on the Toronto Marlies and Austin Matthews with a couple of hat tricks in his first two games. Not, not a big deal. Um, so we don't have uh, an update on that. But a couple days ago, the Ice Hogs lost to the Montreal Canadiens 3-2. Uh, Blackhawks are 1-2-0 oh, entering the Toronto game on Monday night. 
A lot of ice hogs making their impact. Six so far have uh, appeared on the ice for the Blackhawks. We've seen Lucas Reichel in that number two center role. We've seen Alex Vlasic look very comfortable on the blue line for Chicago so far. Cole Gutman scored a goal in the opening win against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And then guys like Mackenzie Entwistle, Reese Johnson as well. Those uh, guys, difference makers in the, um, in the bottom six. I haven't seen a ton out of those guys yet, but um, some, some fringe guys that are cracking the lineup and, and making an impact below some of the older guys uh, that, uh, that Kyle Davidson brought in this offseason. Guys like Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, Ryan Donato, Corey Perry. It's been a fun Blackhawks team to watch so far. They've, been in, uh, they've really been in every game that they've played. Uh, but only one win as we're recording this right now to show for it. And, and we were looking at the Blackhawks' schedule at the start of the year, and you look at how they start out, Pittsburgh and then Boston, in Montreal, you know it's going to be a crazy environment, Toronto. You're looking at that and you're thinking, man, when, when is this first win going to come? Because this is a Blackhawks team that, again, is very young and, and rebuilding. But they picked it up on, uh, on the opening night against Pittsburgh, got the monkey off the back, and... The Blackhawks opening night, or home opening night, is the same evening as Rockford on Saturday the 21st when the uh, defending Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights roll into the United Center. So uh, that'll be a fun evening at the UC. So a little double dose of NHL-AHL action, both Chicago and Rockford kicking off their home openers uh, on the same evening. But uh, that's enough about the Hawks. Let's get to one of the Hawks draft picks, Nolan Allen, who we chatted with earlier this week. An excellent young man. We talked to him at prospect camp. He gave us some more time this past week. Made his pro debut this last weekend in San Jose. And he could be a huge factor on the blue line for the Ice Hogs. Here's Nolan Allen. All right, here with Ice Hogs defenseman Nolan Allen. Uh, Nolan, thanks for uh, taking the time here this afternoon. Uh, let's uh, let's get into it, man. You you played your first couple games uh, out in San Jose. What was that like? Getting the first two first two pro games under your belt. Yeah, I mean it was a pretty good experience. Had a, I mean uh, had a couple uh, preseason games, you know, with uh, with the Blackhawks, and then one here in in Rockford. But uh, yeah, just super excited to you know get the get the real season going and uh, you know get our get our group together. What, what were the first couple shifts like? Was the heart racing a little bit? Like were you getting used to the speed at all, or did you feel right at home? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean a little bit. Like every game, I guess you're kind of nervous at the start, and then once once you get the first couple shifts into it, I, th- I think you you just get used to it. And it's just another hockey game. Well, not a bad uh, not a bad way to kick off the career starting in San Jose, right? Like yeah. how, how nice was that to you know have some team dinners and stuff and, and start on the road with everybody? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I know it got a little cold here in Rockford uh, before we left, so it was nice to get back to the shorts weather down there, and then uh, yeah, just just some bonding time with the boys. I know we had a couple days off down there, so it was it was really nice playing with. Uh, Ethan Del Mastro, like a couple of rookies uh, on that same pairing. It took a little bit of trust from uh, Coach Sorensen to throw you guys together, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, two two rookie defensemen playing together might uh, some coaches might not like that, but um, you know, I think uh, you know me and Del are very familiar with each other's games. Um, you know, we've we've been around each other for a couple of years now and played with each other a couple of times, so uh, pretty familiar with each other. So you're familiar with each other. Had you ever been paired up like that before? No, so that, yeah, that was like the first time we've actually ever played together. Um, usually when we're you know on the same team, we're always on different pairs, but uh, yeah, it's the first time actually playing with him. What do you like remember about him as a competitor at, like, at World Juniors and stuff like that? I haven't played with him before. Yeah, I just remember, you know, he was a huge part of that World Junior team for us. I mean, uh, kind of an anchor back there, big boy, so he can move the puck well. And, um, yeah, just, just um, you know, we try and read off each other out there. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll grow to learn to play with each other even better. 
And are you guys roommates? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We live together too. So. Oh man, that's got to be trouble, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're uh, yeah we're connected wherever we go. So uh, yeah, who's the who's the clean one? Um, I don't I don't really know yet. We haven't really got. Uh, we haven't have spent, any stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we we we've literally just been setting stuff up right now. So it's kind of just been a mess with boxes and stuff everywhere. So nobody's really a clean one yet. But um, I don't know. We'll have to find out. Are you guys cooking or anything? I know they give you a lot of team meals and stuff here uh, at the rink. But like, it, it, are any of you guys cooking anything up? Yeah, we uh, last night we just had tacos, something easy easy to make there. Uh, Del Del was okay. the chef last night, All so right. he likes to cook cook quite a bit from some uh, seasoning in there. Says, yeah, yeah, a bit okay. of seasoning in there, a bit of peppers in with the ground beef. It was it was pretty good actually. So. Uh, yeah, Dell likes to cook, and um, you know I'm not I'm not complaining about that. Well, you guys are a couple of the the young players that we're excited about here in Rockford. But I know it's early on. Have there been any any moments where like older guys have pointed stuff out to you and, and things like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, coming from junior, uh, it's a little bit different. Obviously, yeah. stepping into pro is uh, another big big jump, I guess. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you learn as you go on, and you know the older guys here are great, and uh, you know they're great with pointing things out to us and you know helping us along the way. Have you had any like dumb rookie moments yet? Um, no, I don't think I've had any yet, but I'm okay. sure there's going to be a couple <laughs> coming here soon. Have you seen any of the young guys who have had, had a couple spots where it's like, oh, come on, you can't be doing that or um, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe a little bit here and there throughout camp and stuff, but uh, <laughs> nothing nothing that I can that really sticks out right yeah. now. Yeah, we won't ask you to, to sewer anybody either, but... Um, you know, talking about being young and, and turning pro, like, like what surprised you the most about being a pro hockey player after, I know you're only two games in, right? But like what surprised you most maybe about the game or, or the lifestyle or any of it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just about the game. I, I mean, guys are obviously, it's obviously a faster pace out there and, uh, you know, everyone's everyone's big and everyone's strong. So, you know, there's no really like weak links on any team. Everybody's a good player. So that's probably uh, the biggest thing is, you know, one through the fourth line, every player can play and, uh, you know, uh, do some damage against you when you're on the ice. Going back to, to juniors a little bit and talking about, about those days, uh, you played against Colton Dot quite a bit, would you not have, uh, in the yeah. WHL? What were those battles like? Because I know he's a pretty pretty vocal guy on the ice, isn't he? Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, when he was in Saskatoon there and I was in Prince Albert, we kind of hated each other. And, uh, you know, with, <laughs> with the rivalry, we, we weren't friends for sure. So, um uh, after you know being drafted here, both of us we kind of got to know each other, and then uh, he ended up coming to Seattle, and uh, yeah, we're, we're worked out pretty well. We're pretty good buddies <laughs> now. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys had you know pretty much a super team there with with the Thunderbirds. It, it felt like, but what was that like when he came over and, and he first walks into the room, and it was a guy that, that you guys were trying to kill every time out there. The last uh, when you guys had seen each other on the ice. Yeah, I know it's it's obviously a little bit weird at the start. You know, you're you're looking at him and you're like, oh, I should hate this guy, but you know now he's on my team and I can't and uh, it's kind of funny how it works out I mean uh, usually the guys you hate the most uh, you end up meeting them and you're, you're best friends with them so um, yeah it's funny how that works out well and hockey's a small world right like no matter what NHL camp you were drafted into odds are you're gonna maybe know one or two of those guys but with the Blackhawks you know quite a bit of those guys within the organization whether it's Doc whether it's uh, whether it's Del Mastro like how, how big is that to have guys that you're pretty familiar with uh, and know intimately from playing with at, at high levels. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Um, you know, like like you said there, we had, I think it was four or five Blackhawk yeah. prospects on the on the World Junior team. So, you know, just, just knowing those guys, you know, before, you know, coming in here, it, it just makes everything, I think, uh, a lot easier. You know, coming coming down to Rockford, we got, uh, you know, 
three or four of us that, that played together. So, um, yeah, it's just just nice to have that uh, familiarity and, uh, you know, a couple of guys you know on the team. Yeah, and we saw that play out in the first weekend with, with you and Del Mastro. Versatile is a word that gets brought up with you a lot. A versatile D-man can do a lot of different things. Do you feel like that's because uh, of your abilities or more so like maybe the way that you approach things mentally? Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say a little bit of both. Um, sure. You know, I think I, I got the abilities to, you know, be versatile. Mm-hmm. I think I got those skills. But, uh, you know, it's obviously a mentality too. Um, you get, uh, you know, I, I guess um, kind of put in your role putting your role to to play a certain way but uh, you know you can also help the team out in uh, you know in other aspects where you know um, they they may need us or uh, where where you see fit mm-hmm. take us back to uh, take us back to 2021 and uh, and and draft night where were you did you have a, a party going on or anything or um, what was that scene like yeah no uh, we didn't really have much of a party going on it was just you know I didn't really know where I was gonna get drafted or didn't really know what the scoop was so um, I was just kind of sitting at home with, uh, you know, just, just my family and, uh, you know, a couple buddies. And, yeah, sure enough, we are just sitting on the couch. And, yeah, my name was called and uh, kind of broke loose from there. I think, uh, you know, half the town came over and uh, <laughs> turned into a party real fast, yeah. I'll say that. Well, and you're from a small town in Saskatchewan, right? So it was a pretty big deal. Did you get a ticker tape parade or anything like that? Did you win the first round? <laughs> no, not not quite a parade, but um, it was definitely a fun night. And, uh, you know, anytime, you know, I was around town, you know, people are always congratulating me. And, uh, you know, a super tight community. Everybody kind of knows everyone. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like uh, one big family back home. So you didn't know you were going in the first? No, no. I had, I had no <laughs> idea where I was going. I, I heard... Uh, you know, maybe maybe late first, uh, probably second round, um, s- somewhere in there. But uh, you know, there was no really a s- yeah. set in stone where I was going to go. So oh. yeah. Well, tell us about uh, about your community a little bit. Small town. Uh, what was it called again? Uh, just outside Davidson. Of Davidson. Okay, in Saskatchewan, like a few hundred people, a few thousand people. Like, like what's it like? Yeah, it's around a thousand people. So um, you know, not not the biggest town, but. Um, you know, we, we got some we got some stuff there. We got a couple of restaurants, and <laughs> right. uh, we got a rink there. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's farming community. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people around farm, uh, you know, like like my family. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, growing up there was uh, you know was great. Kind of knew knew everyone that I went to school with, and uh, you know, all, all played in the hockey team, and you know, all those sports together. So so it was great. Yeah, y- your family was farmers. Or yeah, are yeah. farmers? Still? Yeah, we still farm. Yeah. What, what do you guys? Uh, what are the crops? Yeah, so we farm uh, wheat, barley, uh, canola, lentils. Um, you know, we have we have some peas, moats. So, were you a farmhand in the summertime and stuff like that? Then, or yeah, whenever I can. I mean, um, <laughs> in the city, lots for for training, but right. during the off season. But um, yeah, whenever whenever I'm back home, uh, try to get out there as much as possible. Okay. Well, did you ever like encounter any? Do you guys have livestock too, or, or just uh, the agriculture? Yeah. So we got about a hundred had a cattle back home too. To, so you're a cowboy, huh? Yeah, grandpa, <laughs> my grandpa likes to. Uh, he's more into the cattle than uh, you know. My dad and my uncle are. They're okay. more. They're more. They more more like to stick with the grains. So um, he's more on the cattle side. And uh, yeah, we we go out there and, and help him. You know, vaccinate them or, or tag them, whatever we need to do. Okay. So it's not like the Dutton Ranch or anything from Yellowstone, or or is that pretty pretty accurate? <laughs> no, not not that quite operation, but uh, something similar, just just smaller. Yeah, I, I got you. So you can like ride a horse and, and stuff then, or yeah. So we actually used to have a couple horses, but um, you know, with you know us kids not being being around as much, um, sure. we we got rid of them. But um, yeah. yeah, gotcha. So you were in the city most of the time for hockey. Like, is that where you pretty much played? 
growing up and stuff? Yeah, so in Saskatoon, I didn't play minor hockey in Saskatoon. I played minor hockey in Davidson until I was in Bantam, and then uh, I was playing out of Humboldt for two years there until until I got drafted in the Western League, and then uh, in Midget I went up to the city, played mm-hmm. there, and then uh, carried on to the WHL. Well, and in the WHL, your last year eventually got traded over to Seattle, and you kind of took on more of a shutdown role in Seattle as well. Was that hard to do in in the middle of the season, or was that pretty natural for you? Um, I think it was pretty natural. I mean, um, coming into PA, you know, as a 16, 17-year-old guy, um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't put in that, you know, offensive role, really. I was kind of, you know, focused on more being a shutdown guy, so... It was it was something natural natural for me to uh, you know I guess revert back to and um, you know I think that fits my game well too. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know I say shutdown, but I think you're pretty productive in the postseason. I want to say ten points in nineteen games. Was there anything to that, or, or did, were you just getting more bounces, or does your game kind of fit the the, the playoff style? Yeah, I mean, um, I think I yeah play fit the playoff style. I mean, yeah. uh, more physical. Physical in the playoffs and, uh, you know, kind of more t- tight checking games. But, um, you know, we had a great team there. So yeah. I don't think I did too much to, <laughs> to put those points up. Fair enough. Well, uh, going back to Prince Albert again, uh, one guy that you played with, I think he was your leading scorer one, if not two years, but uh, Reese Vitelli, uh, who was in the uh, Arizona system. I, I had him for uh, a year in Atlanta down on the coast for a little bit before he got called up. But uh, he he taught us a trick in Atlanta riding the buses where he, his first bus trip he he brought on like a plank of particle board and set yeah. it across the seat so so that's known to everyone out in the dub or is that like a pretty standard mode of operation it blew our minds uh, in in the coast when 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 we saw this guy like sleeping on a plank across the yeah. seats on the bus yeah I don't know if that's uh, known around the Western League I know in in Prince Albert we had those boards um, all the way up up and down the aisles of the bus we had those boards to put your legs on but that's the only place I've seen it I mean okay. we never had that anywhere else so uh, yeah it's it's nice having those things Prince Albert yeah center of innova- uh, innovation that yeah. it was hilarious and it was a game changer too because oh, he, yeah. he started you know going to Home Depot and carving them out for for everybody and all that but uh, he really changed the game for for us what what was he like as a player? Because he, he was pretty uh, lethal for you guys. Yeah, yeah, he was a great player for us. Um, you know, he was our, our captain and our leader in Prince Albert. Um, you know, he just showed up every game and was was ready to work. Um, you know, whether he, whether he scored or not, he he only cared about the team outcome. So, um, you know, he was a, he was a great team player for us. Well, it wouldn't be an interview with a Blackhawks prospect if we didn't ask a Connor Bedard question, right? So yeah, for sure. I wanted to wanted to ask like. Having a guy like Bedard part of the organization, do you feel like that takes any pressure off of you know yourself being one of the other high-profile draft picks? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, there's obviously a lot of attention on Connor as there should be, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of nice for for us other guys. You know, you know, Kevin doesn't have as much pre- pressure on him up there now, and uh, you know, Ethan and and Colton and all of us, uh, all of us other guys. So um, yeah, kind of kind of helps out in that way, but. Um, you know, uh, obviously super excited to, uh, you know, have him within this organization and, you know, hopefully be a teammate of his one day. Well, we're excited to keep watching you out there with the Ice Hogs and then hopefully one day at the United Center as well here soon. So, uh, Nolan, appreciate the time and uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up to you down the road. Yeah, for sure. Thank you.